Good morning, Ascent. We are so glad that you're joining us for church this morning. Now, obviously it's not this morning here. Uh, we're at night. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about why we're filming at night in a li little bit later in the service. But we're super excited that you guys are joining us today. This is gonna be Jim's last sermon as an official paid staff person at Ascent. After seven years of him helping me and the two of us co-leading this church, Jim's stepping off and going off to Stadia to do some church planting stuff. But this is his last sermon today. After this, every time I invite him up to preach, it's gonna be about, about predestination or it'll be about end times or maybe I'll give him one where he has to preach to us about hell something that would be really hard for him because now I get to tell him when he's gonna be preaching I love that but today we're gonna join together we're gonna worship the Lord together uh, we're, we're, I know that the Holy Spirit is right there with you in this moment with us in this moment let's worship Jesus together
joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Sing, sing, sing Joy to the world We will sing, sing, sing Joy to the world Joy to the world The Savior reigns Let men their song Sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. We will sing, 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 joy to the world. We will sing, sing.
so powerful about what you just watched is that we all have walls. We all have those things that we have brought and this is where we come to worship the one that we adore in that baby Jesus in this Christmas season and we do. We get it just like that video shared. We get to drop the walls down and just worship Jesus. You guys, before we get to what Jim has to say today, I wanted to give you a few, uh, just a few pieces of information about what's going on here at the church. We're, we are out here in the dark. The reason why is this is Thursday night, actually, that we're filming this before this Sunday. And, and we, I wanted to come out here in the parking lot because I want to talk to you guys about what's coming up with Christmas Eve. See, we are going to set up a stage out here in the parking lot. And we're going to have you guys drive your cars right down the, the parking lot. And you're going to park in front of that stage. And we'll, have you, we'll set it all up for you. You guys will stay in your cars or maybe you'll get out to sing some of the songs. But we wanted to give you guys a great Christmas Eve experience. We wanted to let you guys dress up. Get your kids in the car, drive down here, and, and get to have a, 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 it's not gonna be the same as it used to be, but that's okay. We're gonna have an experience, a, a memory that you guys will have by coming to share Christmas together. If you can't do that, you just go online and, and watch the online version of what we're doing for Christmas Eve. We worked really hard on that as well, but we'd love for you to come down here at four o'clock and 5.30 and seven o'clock. We'd love for you to come down here and, and for us to see you even through your, the windshield of your car for us to get to see you on Christmas Eve together. Becky and the worship team's gonna be 
up there. It's going to be a big stage. We just can't wait for it. So Christmas Eve coming up this Thursday. Can't wait for to see you guys there. Okay. Now one other thing. It is th as th it's Thursday night. You guys, this is the last night of the Christmas shop this year. And I cannot tell you how thankful I am for everyone that played a role in making this year's shop such a massive success. I gotta be honest with you, I was skeptical of lots of it. I, we, last year we had 1,600 kids. I thought with us having to pre-register so that we could keep it COVID friendly, I thought that for sure we'd get a third of that. You guys, we went over 2,000 kids being served this year. I didn't think we'd have enough gifts because we didn't have Sundays for people to give gifts. And so I thought, we're not gonna get nearly as many gifts. You guys gave so many, so much in financial donation to specifically for the Christmas shop. And you guys brought Christmas, Christmas gifts here. You guys, we had enough gifts. We gave, we gave over 6,000 gifts this year. And you guys, I didn't think there'd be people that would come to volunteer to make it happen. We had, with COVID, of course, we have to be really safe with masks and six feet of distance. But you guys even came out to do, make that happen too, to make sure these people, the, the people that came got a phenomenal Christmas experience. And in four days, they're gonna be going to bed and waking up to, to the gifts under the tree. And you guys made it happen. And all of that comes, I believe, from the inside out as God is working on us from the inside out and he is blessing. He, he wants us to bless others and he's gonna bless us as we do. And anybody that was around the shop over these last couple of weeks, we're, we're blessed by just the generosity that comes from God working on the inside. I believe that that's God at work. I think that God's at work. You guys, some of you are thinking about an end of your gift for our church. Some of you guys are, have, have thought about uh, some uh, new reoccurring gift in the new year. And you know that we need that. You know that we love that. But even deeper, I just love it that God's at work on our hearts. And that he is, he's saying, yeah, that's mine. Your heart, that's mine. And I wanna, I wanna bless you from how you wanna bless. And that's, that's, that's just, that's God. And that's what, that's God working in our lives. So, so thankful for all the generosity that you guys have given throughout this year, and especially the generosity that you have given this month, specifically with the Christmas shop. All right, you guys, hey, Let's go spend some time with Jim today. Let's go listen to what, to what the Lord has laid on his heart to say. Let's just know that God is, is right in the heart of blessing you and me because of the words that Jim's gonna share. So let's go, let's send it over to Jim. Hey Ascent, I am so glad that you have joined us this week on Ascent Online. Uh, my name is Jim and I'm really glad you joined us. I can't wait to share this morning with you today so I got a heavy, heavy heart in some ways on this. Today is my last sermon with Ascent, at least for a while. Uh, and so I'm really glad to get to share it with you. And um, you may have noticed that I uh, decided today, those of you who know me, have never seen me in a tie before, uh, unless you've maybe come to a wedding or a funeral or something like that. This is a gift that I am giving to my co-pastor, Bill. Bill, this is for you, brother. Uh, just a little background, if you're interested. Every year, Bill and I have a debate over Christmas Eve. Um, Bill's got these old Catholic roots, and he he just he loves the formality and the uh, let's let's give us give God our best on Christmas Eve. And I'm always like, heck no, like just come in, you know, wear a T-shirt, right? And so 
We get, this is like our yearly fight is over Christmas Eve. Bill, this is for you, my friend. I am giving you this gift. The formality that this moment desires is yours for Christmas this year, okay? All right, now I need just a second time out. Come on, Bill. There's no way I'm caving in on that. Last week, no chance, man. Uh, I love you, brother, uh, but no, I'm not putting on a tie. Hey guys, I am uh, excited uh, to be sharing with you this morning. I wanna share something that is, um, I think, the thing I probably love the most about Jesus. And, um, and I wrote about it a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe some of you guys saw it, but I wanna expand on it today because I think it's such an important thing about who Jesus is. Um, so let me, let me start like this. Don't know if you've ever had this happen before. You ever had a professor or a teacher or somebody who, who lays a book like this on you, okay? Comes at you with a massive book, you know, something this thick and says, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna have you read this. Um, we need you to read the first four chapters by Friday. And you're going, there is no way I can do this. Uh, now, some of you are the kind of people where you like take it so seriously, you get in here and you start just reading every single little word and you're going along and, and you have some kind of, you know, guilt complex about you that says that you've got to get everything right. That's not me. That's not me. I'll tell you what I do. I get in there. I, I'm like classic speed reader. Bill calls me a cheater. He's right. I, I get in and I have a strategy. I read the bold words and I read the first sentence of each paragraph. That's how I quickly get through stuff and at least get a little bit in my mind. That's a little tip, free tip for you. Here's another one. There's one thing you never read, okay? You never read. If you see this, you're, you're looking around in, in your big textbook. If you see this, don't read what's inside the parentheses, okay? Um, actually, e even the word parentheses ought to be a hint to you of why you don't need to read it. Uh, the, the word para means kind of on the side, and that word thesis means a statement. It's an on the side statement. It's not the center, it's not the core. Man, if you gotta read something fast, you don't wanna take up your time reading something that's not the core. You don't wanna read an on the side statement. Don't do that, not if you're speed reading. Right, just skip right over the parentheses. Now, I wanna show you something that I first noticed just for the first time a couple months ago. Uh, that is interesting when you think about these parentheses. I wanna to read to you what I think could be as important a parenthetical statement as has ever been written. Check this out. This is from Mark chapter two, verse 15. Uh, here's what it says. It says later, Levi, who's also, um, that's another name for Matthew, who wrote the gospel, Matthew's gospel. So this is Matthew, who was formerly a tax collector. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home. Levi had a home. Matthew had a home, uh, a nice home, because he was stealing money uh, from people as a tax collector. Invited the disciples to his home as dinner guests, probably a pretty elaborate dinner along with many other tax collectors and disreputable sinners. Imagine here, this is a lovely dinner party that Jesus is at. All these kind of lowlifes, the people that everybody hates. 
Now look at this parenthetical statement. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. I want you to look at this for a second. These are the 10 most important parenthetical words in human history. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. You guys, as we finish this series called Unexpected Gifts, we think about uh, the unexpected gift that Jesus was, that Jesus came to earth. Jesus, God, left heaven and came to earth. What an unexpected gift that was. And then we get hit with another unexpected gift. The unexpected gift that God didn't just come to hang out with people who had it all together. God came to hang out with people who were far from him, who wanted nothing to do with him, who were people of this kind, disreputable sinners, people who were lost, who were broken, people who everyone else hated and shunned because they didn't care about God and they would actually harm other people. That's the kind of people that Jesus hung out with. Somehow, this ends up as a parenthetical statement in Mark. But I wanna tell you guys, I actually think this is the core. Uh, I wanna show you something else. Take a look at this for a second. So you're going to look at this and you're going to, some of you are going to get drawn right back to your fraternity or sorority days. You're like, hey, I, I recognize some of those letters. There's a kappa. Um, this is Greek. This, this is the Greek text of this passage that I'm talking about. Look at it for a second. What do you notice? I want you to notice something. There is no parentheses in it. In fact, there's not even any punctuation in it. Okay. The way this works, the way this works is that um, the writers of the New Testament, the writers of this, um, wrote all this down in Greek, but they didn't write commas and you know uh, quotation marks and parentheses. They didn't write any of that. What happens is later people come along, and maybe you've got like an old King James Bible, or you've got an NIV Bible, or uh, this is from the New Living Translation. You've got your different translations. The way that works is a person or a group of people would take that old Greek text, and they would make decisions about where do the commas go, where do the periods go, where do the parentheses go. And so the people who wrote uh, and interpreted the New Living Translation decided to put the parentheses there, decided that this statement was an on-the-side point, not the core. You guys, what were they thinking? This is the thing I love the most about Jesus. It isn't a side statement. Jesus loved what we're just going to call parentheses people. He loved them. And they, for some reason, loved him. They were attracted to him like a magnet. They flooded to hear him teach. They flooded to see him heal. They flooded to hear the grace. Parentheses people loved Jesus. This is not an on-the-side statement. God, no. This is the core of our faith. This is the core of Christmas. 
If you look through the scripture, you see Jesus loving parentheses people all the time. You look in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells stories about a shepherd chasing that one lost sheep. While the other 99 sheep that maybe weren't as parentheses type people were fine, he goes off after the one parentheses person. Tells another story about a woman sweeping her house for a lost coin, the parentheses person. He tells a story about a dad who comes out of his house and finds his lost son, runs out to him, a parentheses person who has fled away from his dad. It tells a story in John chapter 8 about a woman who is caught in adultery, a parentheses person, and Jesus is the only one who stands up for her when everybody else wants to kill her. Jesus says, no, I'm all about parentheses people. He tells a story in Luke 18 about a tax collector. We talked about this a few weeks ago at the temple who beats his chest and says, oh God, forgive me, I am a sinner. You know, it's called the Jesus prayer because Jesus was about sinners, the parentheses person. Jesus says, you know what? I have come not for the healthy, but for the sick. I have come to heal. I am the great physician. I am the one who has come for parentheses, people. And he did it from the beginning. This wasn't like something that he developed as an adult or that, you know, from the very beginning, we read about parentheses, people being attracted to Jesus, loving Jesus. Let me, let me read to you the story. This is a classic story around Jesus' birth. It says this, it says that night, There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Who are the first people that get to hear this good news? Who are the first people that get to hear about the unexpected gift? Now, some of you I know, you, you know, you, um, you're picturing shepherds and, um, you know, we can romanticize what that's like a little bit, you know, like some of us maybe wish we were shepherds. Life seems a little bit simpler when we're just kind of hanging out with sheep, you know, like sometimes I think my wife would love to just like live on a farm. I would be a terrible farmer, Karen. I'm so sorry. But we idealize that kind of life sometimes. We think they're cute. We've seen them in the Christmas plays. Guys back then, shepherds hated, hated low lives, scum bottom of the barrel. They were uh, mistrusted because they thought, people thought that they would leave the sheep seconds notice. Anytime there was a problem that the shepherds would leave, they, they were disliked. Uh, you know what I just found out recently too? That shepherds were probably children. Uh, they were most likely kids that were sent out into the field to tend the sheep. You see this back in the Old Testament. When they're looking around for somebody to fight Goliath, they're looking at Jesse's kids. And they finally go, oh yeah, there's one more. But he's out in the field tending the sheep. That's David. He's the shepherd. Because we send the kids, we send the bottom out into the fields to tend the sheep. And children back then were not like how we see children today. Children actually had no status in culture. Children were parentheses people. And that's the first people 
that we hear get the good news about Jesus coming. That's who he chose? Parentheses, people? That's who our God is. That's who that baby is in the manger. That's who that man is who grew up. He chases down people who are on the side because that goes to the very nature and heart of who he is. Now, this is where we could take a dangerous turn in this talk. We could take a dangerous turn and move toward, so if Jesus loved, parentheses, people, then we need to love, parentheses, people too. The reason why that's dangerous, it skips over something that we fundamentally can't miss in this. Anytime we start to refer to parentheses people as they, as them, as you, anytime we start to refer to parentheses people in second person or third person and not first person, we've gone off the rails. We've missed the person of Jesus. We've missed the joy of Christmas. Let me show you what I mean. This is, this is the classic mistake human beings make, me included. Let's go back to our little uh, school example, okay? Uh, here, here's one thing I always just like hated. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at CU taking classes and I, I just, there was always one guy in the class, okay? The rest of us are all like 19 years old there was one guy who was like 45, right? And, and, and all us 19 and 20 year olds are in the room and there's this 45 year old guy who would sit in the front and ask questions like crazy. And, and the rest of us are the 18, 19 year old, it drove us nuts. Like we, we don't like this, right? Because that guy does something that affects us. Now, some of you guys had teachers, professors, or have them now that would teach and grade on a curve. Here's what it looks like. If you grade on a curve, it looks like this. Teacher looks at the class, gets all the tests in, gets all the papers in, reads them all, grades them all, and then the teacher takes the top one in the class. That's the 45-year-old guy, right? Right here, who sets the curve who makes it high so that the rest of us all end up, you know, eh, maybe some of us are in here if we did all right in here. If we didn't do so great, you know, maybe we're starting to drift this way. And then of course, there was one poor guy who never comes to class, who who knows what he's up to, who lives right here. This is grading on a curve. Maybe some of us get an A minus, B plus, that kind of thing. But the curve is always set by this guy but as long as we're like, you know, in here somewhere, I, we're generally feeling okay about ourselves. Here's the danger. We do the same thing with our faith. This is a classic, classic mistake of humanity is to look at our faith and grade ourselves on a curve. Okay, we look at it and we go, well, there's the Mother Teresa's of the world. You know, the Mother Teresa who is um, living in the slums in Calcutta and, uh, well, none of us can ever be that. None of us can ever be that good. But at least we're not this guy. 
At least we're not way down, way far away. At least we're not a parentheses person. That's what we think. At least we live in here somewhere. And so we're good. We must be good. Because even though we're not the top, we're definitely not the bottom. And we grade ourselves on an ethical curve and we completely underestimate what sin is and the power of sin and the devastation of sin. Sin being the disease that causes us to self-harm and harm others and walk in an opposite direction of where God is taking us. That's what sin is. And we have all done it. But we choose to think we're okay because we're here. I don't think we understand. Guys, there's no curve in the kingdom of God. There is no curve in the kingdom of God. Every person is a parentheses person. Mother Teresa, she's one of that kind. She needs the saving grace of that baby in the manger. We right here on this side, this side, wherever we see ourselves on this, we are parentheses people. You guys, here's what I'm begging you to do this Christmas, begging myself to understand. We gotta embrace ourselves as broken. We gotta embrace ourselves as parentheses people. We've gotta look at that passage in Mark and not think, oh, how nice that Jesus did that for those people. We gotta look at it and go, oh, how nice, and thank God he did that because that's me. That's where I'm at. I'm a parentheses person. And guys, that changes your Christmas. That changes the way you see Christmas morning. It changes it from a celebration of this nice, good, ethical teacher into a celebration of the God of the universe who came to the earth in a big surprise and then gave us the unexpected gift that even though I am a sinner far from God, he loved me too. I want to ask you to do one thing. And seriously, here, here's what I want to do. And I'm going to wait while, while we do this. I want you to get up right now or reach over, whatever you got to do. I want you to get a piece of paper. I want you to get a pen and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. You're going to do it right now. I'm just going to fill the space until you get up and get yourself a piece of paper, get a pen, delaying time, wait, do it. I'm dead serious. Go get it. Got it? I want you to get it. I want you to do this. I want you to write these parentheses down. And I want you to take it. And I want you to write. I want you to write your own name in there. And I just want you to look at it. Because that is amazing that Jesus would embrace us, would embrace me as a parentheses person. Look at your name. Tell God thank you for the most amazing, unexpected gift there has ever been. Guys, that is Christmas. I love you guys. 
my fellow parentheses people, may God bless you this year.
All right, you guys, man, I am going to miss Jim speaking on a regular basis, but uh, we're going to invite him back. Just know that. We're going to continue to get to hear that that perfect, sultry, deep voice that Jim has, has given uh, to us for those last seven years. We're going to get to hear him again. I so love it that we got to share this this service with you guys and that we were together in this. Just know that in four days we get to do it again on Christmas Eve. You guys, I, I, we hope to see you either in the parking lot, go online and register online or jump on, or jump online for a Christmas Eve service, all right? All right, we'll see you guys in a couple of days, Christmas Eve together. Take care.